stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. is a system, Neil. That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Hello and welcome to a stand-up historian. Tonight, uh, this show has a different direction. I have been reading David Icke's uh, latest book, The Trap, and going through the book, I have learned a lot from David Icke. He's one of my favorite writers. But there was also a lot of uh, debates about uh, the nature of life and the physical life and, and stuff like that. And Kiaresh happened to come over and then we started talking about some of the concepts that I found in this book. And I asked him to join me and uh, share his opinion with me and you, the listeners. So let me just bring him in and start the conversation. Welcome, Kiaresh. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's always great to have you here. I always enjoy your point of view, which comes from uh, you looking at you looking from angles that I never look through those and that makes our conversations very interesting so I told you about uh, reading this book The Trap by David Icke and he talks about different things basically he's talking about the trap that humanity is in right now and he talks about the possibility of life being a simulation like what we have seen in the famous movie Matrix first of all let me let me ask you this uh, what was the first impression you had after watching Matrix and the idea that we are in a simulation? I have to definitely think back to the first time I ever watched it. I think the first time I ever watched it, I was uh, pretty young and I just viewed it as an action sci-fi movie. But I think as I got older, there's definitely a lot of philosophy that you can extrapolate from that movie. There's a lot of interesting concepts about reality, about life, and what's real and what's not, and how much control you're in, and how much influence your surroundings have on you, and how sometimes you could be asleep um, uh, psychically um, looking at that. Yeah, very. Yeah, I, I like the concept that you said, sleep. You may watch it a hundred times, you don't get the message, and just one time, 
you understand what it's saying and it's profound the idea that uh, the whole world is just a simulation a computer simulation people are connected and as Morpheus shows it to Neo we are just like a battery providing energy for this system to run and what we see is just uh, an image that is projected to our minds that's uh, that's a scary if this is true isn't it it is yeah and there's a lot you can say about that but yeah it's a it's a very big concept that you can talk about for a very long time so you and I we both work in information technology and you are a lot more familiar with games and knowing different games and all that in watching a movie like Matrix and reading a book like The Trap by David Icke and he talks about the whole reality is just a simulation then if we go back to the nature and say okay we live in the nature you start looking into the nature and say okay if this is a simulation as as a software developer when you and I will look at it we're looking for logics algorithm and we try to find our architecture behind this construct that is reality and we can find that right like pi like uh, golden ratio and different things we can in a way find that what we see as nature and reality is a construct right you can yeah it's the pattern that you want to find pattern yes is fairly simple to find when you are trying to look at it you know logically and from an architect's perspective you can definitely see that there's a pattern and that pattern is the one that everything else is based off of that's the foundation for a lot of bigger patterns as well and that that can just keep keep going and going and going and often I uh, think about the uh, um, the cellular structure yes of, mm-hmm. of uh, animals for example and how all of the components in a cell you know you have the nucleus the uh, trying to think back to my high school biology days uh, but <laughs> I, I don't remember all of the all of the components yeah. or the or, or the organelles as they're called in a cell but when you when you take a look at that pattern you see that in some ways there's a hierarchy and each different component has its own function and they all work together to uh, create uh, something bigger so they have a purpose that they're working towards and there's millions of these cells in your body for example and they create a human body and the human body has that same reflection of that same pattern so you know you can look at the nucleus as being your brain and because we're made up of that structure Mm -hmm. when we create something in our world we uh, maybe it's subconsciously, but we create it in that same image. So when we create a society, 
you know you have a hierarchy in society and i think well. we can we are incapable of creating anything other than that right 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 because i think that's the blueprint that we have to go by and we subconsciously create everything around that blueprint say from cars to society to uh computers yes. to anything you can you can see that same pattern because it works maybe because that's the most efficient way or maybe that's just because it's a reflection of us and that's our building blocks and that's our foundation but regardless that that's the reality very interesting you mentioned um cellular structure there's a famous saying uh, from i believe it's from hermetica which we need to have a discussion about that book and translation of that book and how it was transferred from east to west so uh, the famous saying is as above so is below right so when we look at electrons and uh, subatomic particles imagine like this you look down through your microscope and all of a sudden you look up through your telescope and you look at the universe from the subatomic particles to the universe you find the same structure and that's the unity that we've been trying to find out okay what laws apply to both subatomic particles at the same time we can apply them to the um, huge objects that we see in universe like planets and stars and everything else and we can definitely find that uh, it is the same law that rules both the uh, world below and the world above exactly yeah and i've i've always kind of had this um theory in the back of my head whenever i you know have thoughts thoughts like this i think it's very interesting to talk about it with somebody or to write it down and i like to write mine mine down great idea and um i always thought that you know you could find the pattern to life for for example not to get too philosophical here but you could find the pattern to life even on a receipt from 711 if you if you look at the molecular structure of a receipt or the at atomic structure of, of a receipt and you uh -huh. compare it to everything else you can you can definitely find the same pattern and there's something in there there's a clue in there that if you study it enough if you look hard enough you can see and like you just mentioned you can uh, you can draw parallels to that with the way the solar system is structured as well how you have the Sun and everything revolves around the Sun and even in our solar system every planet actually has a function right at yeah. least when we look at it from the perspective of survival here on Earth for example um, we know that uh, Jupiter for example uh, that one, that planet, its massive size and gravitational power actually diverts a lot of massive objects coming towards Earth. That's very true. And yes. if it wasn't for Jupiter, mm -hmm. we would be on constant bombardment from different uh, objects from space. Great point. It works like a shield for Earth. It seems like all the planets inside in solar system and our neighbor our neighbors they play their role to provide what is required 
for Earth to sustain life the way we see it. And they are, they don't have that life on them, but their existence has made it possible to have life on Earth. So not, not to get too far from what we were talking about here, right. we are thinking about, contemplating about the reality that we live in being a simulation. So if it's a simulation, and uh, especially in our times that computers are in our lives, our daily lives every day, your cell phone has more power than the computers that sent um, man to the moon. So there is computers everywhere. There, There is talks of metaverse and you can go to metaverse and can use Oculus and join this simulation and live in that world. And soon it is going to be very, very extremely realistic that we won't be able to tell the difference between metaverse and the universe that we live in. So what is to think about if we can do something like this, maybe we are inside another virtual reality or a simulation and uh, either we are the players in there or we are just the characters inside that uh, new game it's either a game or another virtual reality that we are active in it but in either way we should be able to find uh, signs if you will that tell us yes this is a construct this is artificial this is this is made by somebody the creator and in in movie matrix if you remember the man who created matrix they call him architect Mm -hmm. and that's interesting because in freemasonry god is known as the grand or the great uh, grand architect of the universe and architecture is extremely important and having uh, the idea that it is it is all built and we are in it is extremely important so if you can find that what are the ramifications of uh, uh, such a great discovery that yes this is a this is a construct somebody created that so i think number one is there is a creator right what else can you think of i can think of ways that you might be able to use the construct to your advantage good point Mm -hmm. if it's not real or if it's your mind that's put to sleep maybe if there's a way that you can wake up your mind while still being inside quote unquote the matrix then maybe you can uh, find ways to manipulate it you can uh, operate outside of the matrix I know a lot of popular guest speakers on different podcasts today the one of the buzzwords is actually you know living outside of the construct of the matrix because they've made millions of dollars and yeah the only way to do that is to get out of this uh, this pattern or this 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 paradigm that society has placed on everybody else that you need to go to school to become rich that you need to you know follow these set of rules to obtain this set of uh, wealth in your life when obviously a lot of people who have um, who have become self-made millionaires or even billionaires have not followed those rules at all so you can find if if the whole 
a simulation theory is is true, I'm sure you can draw uh, conclusions based on that as well. Yeah, I remember there was a lot of talks about 10, 15 years ago, The Law of Attraction. There, there was a movie came out, The Law of Attraction, and everybody was just trying to attract money, wealth, and materialistic things to their life, and they called it Law of Attraction. Books came out and everything. I think the problem is, even if there is a reality, we commercialize that automatically. We are trying to use that to have advantage over other people to gain more money, more power. We are not looking to uh, become wiser. Let me tell you a story because that story is very interesting. In Jewish tradition, they say when Solomon was born, God asked him through an angel or however that happened, who was the mediator, I don't remember. Uh, what do you want in your life? You name it and I'll give it to you. And he said, I just want wisdom. That's it. That's all I want, wisdom. And God said, wow, usually everybody that we ask, what do you want? They say, I want more money. I want more power. I I want more wealth. But you asked for wisdom. So now that you want wisdom, I'll give you everything. We have to try to gain wisdom, gain knowledge, and find out if it's real if we are living in a simulation, if there is a creator, then we should be able to ask questions like why we are here, what are we supposed to do, and what are we going after this? Is there life after this short period of time that we are on this planet? What kind of life is uh, awaiting us, if, if any? And if this is a construct, isn't that going to destroy the whole idea of atheism, nihilism, and all that? And Or is it going to uh, augment ideas like nihilism because you say, I'm not in control of my life and somebody else makes decisions for me. I'm just a pawn in the, in the grand scheme of somebody's game. So... I think there is a lot of questions, a lot of question comes up, which if we put the material life aside, they become uh, vital information to us once we find the answer. Yeah, and I think that's, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. And I think that the way people would react to it would be based off of how they've framed their view of the world. You know, if you tell that to somebody who's uh, very religious, who's so invested in their religion, they might react to it much differently than somebody who's an atheist, for example. Maybe that could be for better or worse, but I think in the end, it has to do with the framework of their uh, paradigm of the world. And one of the things that that reminded me of was something that uh, Morpheus said in The Matrix. He said that uh, not everybody is ready to be unplugged. Yes. Because they're so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will actually fight and die to defend it. Yes. And so, uh, and 
one of the things that uh, Cypher said when he was actually betraying Morpheus was that ignorance is bliss. So that's profound. Yeah. To yeah. so to to some people, I don't think it really matters. I I think a simulation and the real world to them w would be the same. There's no difference for them, and they would rather be in a reality where they're more comfortable, way where they have a higher level of survival, and where it's uh, it has a bias towards their life. Yeah, it's it's more comfortable to live like that, perhaps. But you brought up a very, very interesting point here, and it's about people that are so inert, as Morpheus puts it, that they fight to protect the system. And I'm going to bring something from the book, uh, The Trap, by David Icke, and he talks about... I think it's somewhat controversial, but he talks about NPC. Can you tell us what's NPC, Kiarash? <laughs> so, M NPC from uh, you know a video game standpoint, it stands for non-playable character, and they're pretty much a filler in a video game. If you take an open-world video game, there's a lot of NPCs in that game just to create filler and to make the uh, more developed characters um, stand out more, so they they pretty much aid in their world, their their version of the world, or they just create filler so that it feels like a more authentic universe to the player. So, in order to create that uh, create that atmosphere for game there is need to create a lot of fillers or NPC. David Icke blatantly, and I tend to agree with him, says a lot of people are NPCs. When you talk to them and you cannot get through when you try to have a conversation, you are not trying to manipulate them. You're not trying to convince them of anything you just start a conversation like this and you see it's not it's going nowhere you uh, you just hitting this stone wall they look at you like what are you talking about even the words bounce back when <laughs> it reaches their ears so he calls them NPCs if there's if the life is simulation then not every character in life, not everything we see in life is a playable or a main character, not everything or everybody. There's a lot of NPC and that's what we see. You know, sometimes you get mad as people why they don't stand up against tyranny, why they're not upset about this event or that event. And if you accept that this is a simulation, you may be able to explain it by saying that, okay, I'm dealing with some NPC. And an interesting thing, Kiarash, is that NPC is being played by the program itself because you see some of these characters constantly, for instance, on the sidewalk, go to the left and right, or signs shows up and there are different writings on those. So the program decides for NPCs what to do in order for the simulation to work. Yes, and an important thing about NPCs is that they're scripted. So yes. 
They're incapable of independent thought, unlike the main players of the video game, for example, with, with, with that analogy in mind. So while the player is able to do whatever they want within, of course, the construct of a simulation, the NPC is on a script. They're perfectly happy with the routine that they've developed for themselves or Content. that was developed yeah. for them. I think that's more accurate is the routine that was developed for them because it's actually too much work to be able to think. Thinking is a very hard hard task. It's a very it difficult task. Yes. And you uh, need to be able to uh, learn how to think to be able to construct a different life for yourself outside of the routines and the uh, script that you've been given. That is that is very true, and uh, we all might have encountered people that they probably they have done the same thing for very long period of time. They have this repetition in their lives, and uh, if I remember this correctly. The line, this line is from another movie by Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Uh, the Devil's Advocate was the movie. And Devil in this movie has a line which is great. And he, which is Al Pacino, tells Keanu Reeves, repetition is hell and hell is repetition. So we see a lot of people, in fact, they live in hell, but they don't know that they are in hell by repeating everything that happens to them every day and if you put it into the concept of simulation then they are programmed to live like that and they're completely content and satisfied with that lifestyle they are yeah just give them you know the basic necessities of uh, what would make somebody happy you know you give them the basic survival that they need such as uh, shelter and food and you you create a safe environment for them to procreate and I think the danger is when let's imagine for the sake of conversation that it is a simulation there are NPCs and there are some uh, evildoers some some group that are very smart they figure this out and they want to change this game to their advantage so they can use npcs to create majorities they say look everybody accepts our point of view they are happy with their lives and if we just pay them a minimum income universal what what do you call that minimum universal ubi ubi universal universal basic income they're all happy and like uh klaus schwab promises a future that uh, you will own nothing and you will be happy so i think this is exploitation of the reality the exploitation of this situation which is we live in a simulation and there is a large majority of uh, non-playable characters and they can be uh, what Lenin called them uh, useful idiots mm -hmm. right he did yeah 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 and uh, going back to what uh, Klaus Schwab said about 
not owning anything and being happy with it uh, you you see that already with a lot of with a lot of subscriptions so one of the one of the things that really surprised me was BMW uh, with, with their cars they have a subscription now so you can buy a car with heated seats but you won't actually have the heated seats until you pay a subscription for it and actually leasing a car is, is now a subscription type of uh, act now as well you have all of these um, startup companies coming up where they're offering subscriptions for your car so you can subscribe to have for example a uh, BMW for two years for this for this amount of money um, or you can get a subscription or a a, uh, a premium subscription and get a better car and so you're you're truly not owning anything anymore and you you see that with a lot of different things and that's definitely happening and the fact is this is very important to remember that not owning anything is the definition of slavery because the first thing you need to own is your freedom and once you have your freedom you need to own other things you want to if you have your freedom you want to live wherever you want you want to build your own home you want to have your own uh, kitchen where you want to have your own uh, means of travel so when they tell you that you own nothing that includes freedom so let's just stay within this simulation situation so there is a group they come and they use those uh, NPCs as masses or quote-unquote majority and they say hey look majority of the people are content and they are happy and they can suppress the real players those that are not happy or content with the decision of this other group right so this way we can even explain the good and evil you can yeah and that concept would definitely depend on what the purpose of the simulation is what what the uh, players of the game or the creators of the game are trying to accomplish if they're main goal is for the game to keep going and going then they need to establish a set of rules uh, for the players to have to follow which is they want to have more players in the game so they have to create laws for you to reproduce and create more players for example and you you can create uh, morality and ethics around that idea yeah, remember there used to be a game called Sims? Yeah, yeah. So Sims was actually standing for uh, simulations. So are the characters that we call them Sims, they were simulations. And everybody was building... Explain it again just to, to refresh our minds. What was Sims about? It was a simulation. Everybody was trying to build a city or something. What? How did you play that game? Yeah, something like that. I, um, I mean, the the last time I played that game, I was maybe ten years old. Yeah, it was a long but. time ago. So my point for bringing up the, uh, that game was: is it entirely a game, and the goal is to win the game at the end based on how vast the uh, 
community that you created is or different things or uh, maybe maybe the objective of the game is to find a way to get out of the game get out of the simulation so what is the objective what is the best way a, a, a player can play to win the game thinking back to sims for example there was really no point to that game the point was to really just um have a sim and create a house for that sim and make sure pretty much it doesn't die so you have to f you have to make sure he goes and eats and he uh, wakes up on time for work and then uh -huh. at work he would uh, get promoted for example and he would make more money and then the money that he would generate from his work would actually go to you so that you could build a bigger house for him so that he could be happier and so on and so forth and then your your sim would uh, have an offspring, and it would, he would he would have like children, for example. Uh, but there was really no goal to that game. And I think today a lot of people view winning life as being on top of the hierarchy, being on on top yes. of the social paradigm that we're all operating in and that can be achieved through wealth it's one of the easiest ways you know a lot of the millionaires during covid say that covid never even applied to them because they could just fly to a country where there were no restrictions so they lived outside of our world really yes N none of their uh pilots had masks on for example and Rules didn't apply uh, to them. Rule, rules didn't apply. At, at, at some point, they get to a stage in their life where everything is just free to them. They can have anything they want. And I think that's winning in life for them. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a millionaire yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. But uh, I think that's, uh, that's an easy uh, goal for a lot of people who are not millionaires. I think that's the goal that they want to achieve so that they can feel like they succeeded in life is to have wealth but you know that's a that's a big conversation and that's a big topic that we oh, can argue against and that material wealth isn't actually wealth because you can't take it with you to the afterlife and yeah i'm, I'm glad you brought up this subject of how everybody wants to become a millionaire or billionaire build the next big thing and you see people on youtube making millions of dollars and when you work at the essence of their work you uh, when there is there is nothing there honestly there is nothing there they talk over games or different things i don't want to downplay that but uh, if we are in a simulation it's about a mind game it's a game that your mind is trapped inside a three-dimensional world and you are limited to five senses to find your way but on the other hand we know we all have mind and that's the part that we're missing there's a lot of events in life that you cannot explain it within three dimension 
and with your five sense senses and they call them paranormal and i think the idea of attaching paranormal to that is just because there is no explanation within five senses we just dismiss it by calling it paranormal whereas if there is a simulation and there is a higher objective for this simulation that would be to free your mind again going back to movie matrix when he's about to jump from the skyscraper and morpheus tells uh, neo that free your mind free your mind and once your mind is free then you are not in chains with your five senses and within this three-dimensional world because your mind projects the life that we are living in a three-dimensional world uh, but in order to work in three dimension your mind must be in a fourth dimension in other words in order to have a two-dimensional reality you have to be inside the three-dimensional reality and in order to have a three-dimensional reality something has to operate in fourth dimensional reality so the objective of life should be knowledge and that knowledge helps you to free your mind and understand that there is no spoon if you try to bend the spoon it's impossible you have to remember there is no spoon right Karash? do you remember that i do i do yeah and and i and i definitely agree with you i don't think that the purpose is necessarily to gain as much wealth as you want so that you can gather more materials in this life um, though I know that's not the goal of a lot of wealthy people, just in general um, speaking, but I do I do agree that uh, expanding your knowledge, for example, and having the capability to think outside of the box, and to be able to uh, break out, you know, uh, jailbreak yourself. I, I remember jailbreaking your iPhone was a pretty big thing <laughs> yes. about 10 years ago and that allowed your iPhone to operate outside of the ecosystem of Apple for example Excellent that was point, a very yeah. that was a pretty cool uh, thing to do back then but yeah I think that uh, having a purpose in life is very important as well purpose insinuates divinity w because you can't have you 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 shouldn't at least you shouldn't have an earthly purpose i think your purpose purpose implies that you have a, a divine connection to a higher plane of existence that you're trying to reach and you're trying to break out of the simulation yes yes and there is a lot of religious teaching that tell us we are divine creatures and we have to become gods and if you think about it if you think about simulation god is the architect and uh, probably and i think there are some religions that tell they tell you that if you reach the highest level of consciousness after life or however they present it you you can uh, have the same powers that god has and you can run your own universe have you heard of anything like that i have yeah actually 
um, there's a belief in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints where essentially if you follow a covenant path you know if you stay true to the gospel of Jesus Christ if you hold yourself accountable for your actions and you have pure thoughts and pure actions and pure intentions in your life and you stay on that covenant path um, then after you die your spirit will ascend to the highest plane of existence where you will actually uh, live side by side God and Jesus Christ and others who have achieved the same level of morality and ethics and Christ-like behaviors in the physical world and at that point you are actually granted the uh, same powers as God so wow. you can go and actually create other worlds for yourself and uh, continue this uh, this this pattern that's that's for sure a very interesting idea even Jesus tells his apostles that when he comes back they will be sitting on his right hand side he he's sitting on the right hand side of the God and they will be sitting on his right hand side or something along those lines so becoming like a God so becoming getting out of the simulation disconnecting from the simulation being able to go out and start looking at the simulation and watching others that are playing in this game so I think the objective should be I want to finish the game if we assume that this is a simulation and we are in this simulation the objective should be how can I get out of this because the fact that I know that I am inside a simulation tells us that there must be another level another higher level of information that tells me the character of this game that hey there is something bigger so I'm conscious of being inside the simulation. Now I want to reach that, that level and get out of this simulation and get out of this reincarnation. Because if you believe in reincarnation, it's just like in a game when a character dies and it comes back or you have five lives and you come back. And you just want to get out of that, come out of it and join the group that is outside of this. And obviously, the group is going to be very, very small. Isn't that, Kiarash? If you think about how many NPCs you have in your simulation and then how many are conscious and awaken, and then from that group, a fraction could get out of this. I think there's going to be a very, very small uh, group that they can actually join the architect. Could be, could be. It it all depends on who you are, I suppose. But in this in this context of NPCs and actual players, it also depends on how many NPCs there are to uh, real players. What that ratio is. It also depends on how much you let the distractions of this world affect you there's a lot of distractions in this world and it it seems like at least it feels like it's been getting stronger and stronger 
but at the same time, there's a lot of people who are who are seeing through a lot of distractions as well. There's a lot of uh, things in this world that further enhance your uh, reliance on the simulation. Yes. Um, for example, there's drugs and alcohol. Uh, and anything that really exploits your reward receptors of your yes. body and of your mind, that can be a huge distraction. Another big one is pornography. That's a huge one nowadays it, as it becomes so readily available for so many people. And when you exploit these uh, these parts of your body, these, these uh, different components of your mind, then you become even more distracted. It, it puts your mind to even a deeper state of paralysis where you're not aware of what's really happening and how deep you've gotten into the simulation. That's a great point, Keresh. That's a great point because it seems like there is a lot of distraction and there is a lot of attempt to enforce the idea that the simulation is reality is life there is nothing more than that and everything that you mentioned it becomes a heavy weight on the person and connects them and holds them down in this simulation once you can set yourself free then you have freed your mind and once your mind is free then you can start thinking about outside of the simulation and you can start thinking about getting out of simulation and joining the forces that are outside of this and they are the designers or they, they are the observers of this simulation uh, as we were talking i remembered another great movie i recommend everybody to watch it if you have not and that is the truman show remember that I do, yeah. That was that's a great example as well. Yeah, Jim Carrey. It's a wonderful example. So every morning he wakes up and he goes to work. He sees the same people, same events, and he goes back home. He has a wife, and he has. If Truman was to be content and satisfied with what he had, which billions of us wish to have that unfortunately a lot of us and not paying a price for freedom because at the end it's him that he figures out that okay this is not real there is more to the world than this eventually he realizes studio so he pays a price to get out of it and free himself I think when we look at our lives, we should understand that each and every one of us could be inside. You know what? I'm going to take that back. Must feel like we are in a true mental. Unless you think that you are in, in a prison, otherwise you will never try to escape, never try to free yourself or understand why am I in a prison? Right. If you want to use that example, then that would mean that everyone you know is constantly working to keep you in that prison and they're aware that there's an outside world besides the one that they're keeping you in. Because all of the characters in the Truman Show, except uh, Truman, 
uh, they they were aware that that was a TV show. And yes, but it, there's a a positive example too. You can use uh-huh. there's a movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Great example. Yes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can you can also argue that. Uh, the pattern that you keep repeating you're supposed to learn something from it and the only way to break out of that pattern is to uh, find that thing that you're supposed to accomplish and once you do then you can move on to the next phase of your life break the cycle of reincarnation and return and repeat and repetition which is the hell I love that example thank you Kiarash I think this was a great example so looking at this whole conversation we had, we started with uh, David Icke's latest book, The Trap, and his idea, not his idea, it's been around for a very long time, but he has very convincing ideas, and he details them masterfully in this book, that, okay, we live in a simulation, there is no question, it's a simulation, we can figure out and decode the environment and realize that it is an engineered environment. If if it's an engineered environment, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of mathematical facts that you can look and figure out, oh, yes, this is designed, such as pi, phi, uh, golden ratio, and so many other mathematical facts like Fibonacci's sequence and fractals and other things. So if that's true, then we start thinking, it's a life-changing experience if you believe that you are in a simulation, but you have to remember that there is something more, which is your mind, that projects you into this simulation, you play in this simulation. But if those who understand that it's a simulation, we need to find a way to get out of the simulation. We go back to the movie Matrix, and we talk about how they... Uh, take Neo from the that power plant which was basically using his body to uh, generate energy and if you think about it just the system today is very much like that we accumulate a lot of death we work our entire lives to uh, energy of life our lives goes to run the system without having any benefits for us except for some very basic things that makes us happy and we also uh, talked about NPCs characters that they just are in this simulation but they have no understanding you cannot communicate with them and you cannot tell them hey there is something else we need to get out of this place Plato says about a group of people living in a cave and these people live inside this cave they have never had any connection with outside world there is a fire burning in the back and as the fire burns there are shadows of these people projected on the walls they spend years and some become masters of predicting what these shadows are going to do. And they think these shadows are the only creatures in there. And they don't know it's a, it's in fact their shadows on the wall. Until one of them escapes, goes outside and comes back and says, Oh my God, guys, we are in, in this cave and these are our shadows. There is more life outside 
of this cave and for those inside they say oh no he is insane he has lost his mind this is life and all we see here how, how applicable this example is to our lives today and how important it is for us to break free I've heard of that story before and it is applicable to our own lives because a lot of times we choose to ignore a lot of realities, a lot of events that are happening in, in our lives just so we can, uh, you know, put ourselves at ease that maybe these things aren't actually happening. And a lot of times that's actually how depression comes about is when there's something wrong in your life and, and depression is really just a reflection of your own actions and your own state of living your status in your own story and when there's something wrong or when there's something that's not going your way for a long period of time you become depressed now you can you can choose to ignore the fact that depression even exists in which you'll never know what it is and so then you'll never be able to combat what's wrong in your life because that's your brain telling you that hey something's not right in your life and you need to fix it uh, having a purpose is a very strong way that you can combat depression but you can definitely draw draw some parallels from that story it was very interesting that you mentioned depression. Yes, a lot of psychological issues that we have could have its roots in in the fact that we are people in the cave and looking at the shadows, but our minds trying to tell us that there is more to life than that. So there is a lot of ideas that we can contemplate and discuss and go over so many different things if if we accept that okay we'll, we are in a simulation but there are only two possibilities one we are in a simulation two we are not in a simulation if we are in a simulation then we have to understand that we know that we are in the simulation and, and we can look around us and find out what are the things that keep us in here and prevent us from getting our freedom back and being able to decide for ourselves. And if we are not in a simulation, then what, Kiarash? That's a good question. Well, I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> yeah, it's, it's if we are not in a simulation... All you need to do is go back to a few minutes or hour before this podcast, listening to, the, to this podcast, and forget about living in a... You, you, if you had never heard of this, so you just never heard of it, but if you heard of that, you can say, okay, it was wrong, I have to continue living my life. But the question now becomes whether... I am in that or I am not in there, what changes in my life? I still need to be free. I still need to have my freedom. I still need to lead a good life. I have to be able to identify things that are wrong in my life 
and some values are regardless of simulation or not always valid in our lives yes absolutely whether whether it's a simulation or not a lot of these values have to be consistent well kiaresh this was another delightful conversation i had with you i hope you'll be able to come back and we continue our conversations and uh, for those of you that are listening I appreciate the fact that you spend the time to listen to us. And if you have any feedbacks, whether you liked it or not, please share that. Let's uh, advance this conversation. Let's see where we stand in the world. And remember that uh, there is nothing more important than knowledge. And the war is over our minds wherever it is waged. Kiarash, do you have any last words? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this conversation and uh, there's this potential for a lot of different topics that we can discuss in the future as well. And I'm always happy to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And you all out there have a great time and God bless you all. Bye.